are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, your home for daily Seattle Mariners news and analysis. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today is Wednesday, January 12th, 2022. I am your host, Tidy Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon where we talk about the Mariners even more. Also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week that we're starting to get away from that and starting to talk more baseball on there. It's just, you know, with the lockout and stuff, the uh, the topics have been, uh, let's say, limited. But uh, visit patreon.com forward slash control the zone for more information on that if you are interested. And on today's episode of Locked On Mariners, we had some questions you submitted after we recorded our weekly mailbag on monday so we're actually going to get to those on today's show and that's going to be our show sheet for the day and if this is your first time joining us welcome to the show if you like what you hear give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this we greatly appreciate it so let's start here with a question from curtis christensen at courtesy baseball who asks how real of a possibility is free agent left-handed pitcher Carlos Rodon for the Mariners. Colby? It's a possibility. I wouldn't say it's a good one. Um, There's some legitimate concerns with Carlos Rodon. Obviously, he had a shoulder thing that kind of kept him out for a little while. And then when he came back, the velocity was down pretty significantly. Um, He was able to find it in a a playoff appearance. Uh, He was hitting 99, but again, that's one outing. so, yeah, it's, it's tough. And, you know, there really hasn't been a whole lot of chatter, uh, you know, surrounding Rodon. Um, what little there has been did link the Mariners to him. At least they were interested at one point. We don't know if that's still the case. Um, but, yeah, I would say it's not likely. Uh, but you can see the appeal. I mean, it just it's tough to give this guy a... a long-term deal he's 29 he's kind of only really done this once um in his entire career and even that had some injury concerns surrounding it and is is the you know shoulder something that's going to linger we we just don't know so there's a lot of upside to Rodon there's also a lot of downside um so yeah just it's it's going to be based on what the Mariners think they can get out of him uh he's pretty similar to Robbie Ray and that he's going to strike a lot of guys out his fastball slider mostly change up curveball he uses sparingly um, so there's kind of that idea of like is he too similar to Robbie Ray and I mean or is that even a problem we don't really know so I, I would say probably not going to happen but is it you know a realistic uh, option I would say yeah um, it just it's, it's realistic like I wouldn't be shocked if he signed with the Mariners uh, but I wouldn't consider him to be the, you know, their, their target, I guess is how I would word that. Yeah. I think the Mariners are going to want more stability and some safety because they're already kind of taking a chance on Robbie Ray. When you think about it, because they're really, you know, buying in on the one huge year for him. 
And so I, I think, you know, that's why you're kind of seeing them more in the markets for, you know, some of the, the, the guys on the A's, the guys on the Reds, etc. I just I, I think there's just so much risk with Rodon. Obviously, you love the the upside. You got to love the upside. You got to love what you saw in the first half of last season when he was pumping out 99 and all this crazy stuff. Uh, but, you know, when he came back, like you said, you know, the velocity ticked down. And, um, you know, and the whole shoulder thing was kind of a kind of a major issue in, in the build up to the postseason and everything. So, you know, that's obviously, you know, just something that you you naturally have to keep an eye on and have to be worried about. And if his price tag is going to be too high, considering all the factors playing into it, I mean, you really you just you, you, I don't know. I, I don't think the Mariners are really that team that can take that risk right now with just everything else. When you think about the how the rest of their rotation is built up. And, um, you know, I, I think they just need some, you know, some safety that they can put right there, smack dab in the middle of that rotation, you know, number three, number four, uh, what have you. So, yeah, I, you know, I would be um, excited by it, certainly. That's not a doubt in my mind whatsoever. But I think for the Mariners, though, I just, I would be, pretty surprised to uh to actually see them get heavily involved in that market unless his price takes an absolute massive dive um but we'll see so appreciate the question curtis let's move on here to uh daisy and the dingo who asks uh and that's at daisy's dingoes on twitter by the way what's your gut feeling as to how robbie ray who we just talked about will perform in years three to five of his contract so that's also assuming that he makes it to years four and five with that player option that he has. But uh, Colby, what's your feeling on that? And honestly, you know, if he does make it to years four and five, that means something's gone pretty wrong, right? I mean, you probably in, in a perfect world, you want him to pitch so well that, you know, those option years are, are it would be dumb to take them. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, if he does take them and he's still good, like it's, it's fine. So, um, in terms of, you know, kind of how do I think he's going to perform in the three to five years? Uh, I think he's going to be worth the money overall. Mm -hmm. I would, I would expect his walk rates to, uh, trend more towards his career norms, but I don't think they're going to go back to where they were. I think he's figured some things out mechanically. Um, so I, I think Robbie Ray is probably a guy who we can say average control, at least, whereas in the past, that just really wasn't the case. Uh, he's going to continue to miss bats. It's, it's, there's nothing really concerning uh, in terms of injury uh, with Robbie Ray. So I would just assume that the 6.7% base on ball percentage is probably going to push back up to, you know, 8, 9, 10%. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, expecting him to be a Cy Young contender again is probably pushing it a little bit too much, but um, overall, I, I think he's going to be worth the contract, whether he pitches three years or five years, um, mm-hmm. $23 million a year just isn't that difficult to, you know, for the team to get their money back. He basically has to be two and a half, three win pitcher over the duration mm-hmm. of, of the contract. So, um, yeah. he, he could easily knock out two or three years worth of that in, in year one. So, um, yeah, I would just expect the walks to go up a little bit, um, you know, which would lead to more runs. Uh, so I, I think he's probably going to be a mid mid threes ERA guy, still going to strike out a lot of guys, still going to go deep into games, probably give mm-hmm. you 180 innings a year 
Um, you know, mid probably going to have a lot more success on fly balls too. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know how much I buy that. Um, I, I think sometimes we overrate that the the ballpark factor, but uh, it is it is quite a difference to go from the American League East to Seattle, mm-hmm. the, the AL West. Um, so yep. we'll see if that plays a role. I just eh, you know I don't like to count on that that type of thing. So uh, how you know overall though you know when it comes to those latter years of the contract, how are you feeling about how he might be able to sustain his level of play or you know regress rather during that stretch yeah you know he's only 30 years old um and we've seen guys pitchers adjust uh to uh you know who they are and and we know robbie ray is willing to make adjustments uh he just did it and he got paid paid handsomely for it so um i I think he's probably going to be fine uh again I, i i don't wouldn't expect number one or number two uh, you know, outings for the duration of his uh, his contract, mm-hmm. however long that may be. But I feel like you know, expecting a low and two mid range three for the next three years is is probably pretty probable and and uh, probably pretty probable. <laughs> and I think he'll be fine. I I really don't. I I think the odds of this contract blowing up in the, blowing up in the Mariners' face is approximately three percent. Uh, it's just. There, there's just really not all that much that I'm concerned about Robbie Ray going forward. Yeah, I'm not too concerned about it either. I, I, I think now that he's kind of figured out the command a bit, he's worked through his mechanics. Um, I think he's going to be able to sustain that and uh, be able to, um, you know, pretty much perform at, at, you know, probably not, obviously not at the at the level that he did this year. That would be ridiculous if he was able to sustain that over the next five years. Hey, maybe hopefully, but, um, you know, I think he's going to be able to, uh, I don't think he's going to regress back to where he was in Arizona, basically is what I'm trying to say, where he was walking a ton of guys, et cetera. Like, I, I think that's kind of in the past for him. And I think, uh, this Robbie Ray, some version of it, something that's similar to this is what we're going to see over the next few years. And then on the latter stretch of that, I still think that he's going to be a, a number three, number four. Um, if, if he doesn't, you know, if he does accept that player option and sticks around, um, and pitches out those, uh, the, you know, year four and year five on the contract, which is considering the tra- trajectory that he's on. And, and if he is able to pitch at that level, he's probably not going to take that, but that's obviously a conversation to have a lot longer down the road, um, than from now, but yeah. So, uh, thank you for the question, Daisy. Daisy actually has a couple of other questions that are going to, uh, be a pretty big topics for us for the rest of the show. But before we get into those, let me tell you about Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring by like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where is the chocolate? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and most Built Bars even contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Meanwhile, compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Now, here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. 
Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited-time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what's new. So, Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's L O C K E D 15 for 15% off your order at built.com. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. We greatly appreciate the support. Let's go to Daisy and the Dingo again at Daisy's Dingoes, who asked us to predict. Every Mariner in the upcoming 2022 preseason top 100 prospects list and their estimated range, along with guys who we think are on the fringe. So I, I assume Daisy means the pipeline top 100, the MLB pipeline top 100. That's the most popular one. So Colby, I'll start with you. What are, what are we feeling in terms of how many Mariners are going to end up on that list and some guys who you think are are going to be on the fringe to bust through over the course of the season yeah i I think you know the lowest we're going to see is three i think we could see up to six in the top Mm -hmm. 100 i i would i would say five um uh is most likely um but yeah it's going to be somewhere between three to six I, i think four or five is is highly likely um so yeah, obviously Julio is going to be probably top five. Um, Chancey's number one, sure, but I, I'm I think Pipeline's going to jump Bobby Witt and Adley Rutschman over him. So Julio, top five. Um, Noel V. Marte, I could see being you know top ten, maybe top fifteen, somewhere in that range. Um, mm-hmm. They seem to like him. Uh, Kirby right now is ranked thirty third in their ranks. Uh, I think he's going to be top twenty when when they when they yep. do the re rank. Uh, so those are the three that I know for sure are going to be in the top 100. Um, mm-hmm. Emerson Hancock is 34 right now. I think he's going to drop down. And based on some of the comments from other prospect guys, he's a guy who might drop entirely out of the top 100, which would be stupid. Um, but I think he probably ends up somewhere in the 50, 60, 70 range. Yeah, 50, 50, somewhere 55 to 65 is what I was going to say. So mm-hmm. um, I think he's probably somewhere in there. And then uh, Harry Ford is kind of the wild card here right now. He is 98. Uh, so yep. he is a fringe guy by pipeline. Again, I think that's stupid. Um, I would have Harry Ford somewhere in the fifties. Um, but I think pipelines probably going to keep him somewhere in the nineties, uh, which will look silly when, you know, two years from now, he's a top five prospect like, uh, Noel V. Marte. So <laughs> those are the five that I would predict are going to be in it. Um, fringe guys i think brandon williamson is is really should be getting a lot more credit or a lot more attention he should be in it top 100 guy yeah like back end um yeah yeah no he should be in the in the 85 to 100 range probably and he might be and that that's the sixth guy that i'm i'm maybe they do it but yeah at the end of the year they still had zach deloach ahead of him which is stupid um they also hate matt brash for some reason I mean, yeah, tenth. Obviously, he's they're not going to be vice out. So, I mean, yeah, they're they're convinced that he uh, is a reliever, which silly. Um, yeah, he he is not worse than Connor Phillips. He's not worse than Levi Stout. 
He's he's not uh, like I would put him ahead of Williamson, and I really like Williamson. Um, yeah, I I I, I don't know. Like like me personally, I, I would say that Brash is, should be on the fringe. I don't know if he's actually going to be on the fringe. I don't know how much maybe their opinion has changed of him over the last few months. Um, I hope for the better. Um, so I, I would include him in there just in case, because I mean, every other outlet loves Matt Brash for the most part. Williamson, like I said, should, should be in it. Uh, but I would assume he's probably on the fringe as well. Uh, I'm going to go five as well. I think Harry Ford does survive, even though that he's kind of on the, on the edge there, kind of hanging by a thread, um, at 98. I, I think he will survive. I think he will make it. Uh, I don't think Hancock is going to completely fall out, um, like you said, that would be incredibly stupid if that happened. Um, I, I agree that George Kirby is probably going to be top 20. I'd say Julio probably f- drops a spot to number three. He's at number two right, right now. Um, I think Bobby Witt is going to get a, a huge uh, bump there. Um, and then uh, Noelvi, um, yeah, I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if Noelvi uh, stays top 10. Um, he's number 10 right now correct uh Um, 11 oh he's number 11 Mm -hmm. um i could see him in the top 10 um but we'll uh we'll we'll see we'll see what you know what happens with guys like anthony volpe and jack Leiter and um you know those guys jason dominguez um you know some of the some of those other guys that have quite a bit of helium right now um so but overall yeah i think it's uh i think it's going to stay the same where it is for the most part for the Mariners, you know, obviously like some positions are going to change and whatnot, um, you know, ranks, but um, I think they're still going to have five, the same five that they do right now. And um, Williamson brash, those guys should be close. Could you imagine if they put in Zach Deloach in the top 100 over Williamson and brash? I could because pipeline is sometimes that bad. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's really weird. Look, I, I like that. Zach Deloach. I like Zach Deloach more than Colby, <laughs> frankly. But um, I like him. I, I think he will be a major leaguer at some point. I just I think that there's a very limited ceiling there for Zach Deloach. So that would be a mistake putting him over Brandon Williamson and uh, and Matt Brash because those two guys. You're talking about two guys that have a ton of tools that are really exciting that continue to up their stock and are knocking on the door of major league baseball. I mean, those guys should be, uh, those guys should be in the mix, but you know, pipeline is, uh, sometimes not so great. So we'll, we'll see what their, uh, what their decisions are. But, um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with Colby here and uh, say that the Mariners get five, the same five that they have right now. So, uh, we're going to do some over unders presented by, Daisy Dingo and uh, in just a moment, but real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your 
favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, Colby. So we have some over unders to uh, to work with here. Daisy and the Dingo handpicked them. Uh, these are steamer projections uh, for 2022, and we're just going to go one by one here, starting with Mitch Haniger, where Steamer has him uh, projected for a WRC plus of 115. What are you feeling on Haniger for 115? You taking that over? Yes. All right. By how much do you think? Because he was 120 this year. So he wasn't too, he was only five points better than where they, they have him projected. Yeah, probably only five points, give or take. I think he comes mm-hmm. pretty close to repeating what he did last year. Um, Ty hates Mitch Haniger, so he'll probably take the under. Um, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> well, it's true. Wait, he has 39 home runs this year? I thought he hit 35. Wow. No, he was almost 39. a 40 home run guy. Jeez. Yeah. And Ty went on a, a Twitter rant in August and was like, this guy's a bum. Get him off my team. It wasn't uh, a Twitter rant. It was a rant on, on, on CTZ. Uh, and I was, I, was, I was salty, okay? I was salty about yeah. the at-bat that he had against Texas with, with the bases loaded and just one out. And they, he, like, uh, yeah, it was a bad at-bat. Anyway. Very bad. I was salty, all right? And I, and I, I admitted my mistake. I didn't necessarily say he was a bum, but I, I said, you know, I, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. We don't need to go down that road. More or less. <laughs> so yeah. uh, one uh, thing I would like to see from Mitch uh, is I want to see him get his walk rate back up. 318 on base yep. percentage is, yeah, is better play discipline. Good. Stop chasing so much, man. Yeah, he needs to be at the 330 that's, mark. That's not that's not what you did. You, 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 you used to not chase as much. So yeah. 2021 was not Mitch Haniger's best year. Um, yeah. Despite Agreed. the record number of home runs, it just, yeah. if he could just be a 333 on base guy, he would be a borderline all star. 318 is not yeah. even done. I'll take the slide over as well. I'll say that he lands at like the 117, 118 range. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, Jared Kelnick's strikeout rate uh, 24%. What are you feeling? Um, he was at 28.1 to end the year in his rookie season. So right. he wasn't too far off from that, honestly. Yeah, and kind of trending down. Mm, he still struck out about 27, about 26% of the time in September. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to go under. Um, but I think it's so like under 20, 24%, under 24 and a half. I'm gonna, I think it's going to be like 23, 24%. Um, okay. See, so yeah, I'll take the under. Uh, I think we're going to see a little bit more discipline out of Kelnick uh, mm-hmm. on pitches that are just outside the zone. So yeah, I would I would count on improvement across the board for Kelnick. So dropping your strikeout percentage by, you know, 3% in one season, it's it's doable. Yeah. I'm going to go to I'm going to take the slight over here. I think he's going to be like 25, 25 and a half, 26 percent strikeout rate, which, you know, if he can get on base more, the the power is still there, all that stuff, you know, then that's that's fine. That's livable. You, you can work with that. It's not ideal, but for a second year for him after the year that he just had, 
you can live with it. I think if everything else comes along. So, um, Ty France OPS of seven ninety three. I don't care. The question wasn't if you cared or not. The question is, do you think he's going to have an OPS north or south of seven ninety three? And my answer is, I could not care less. That's great. Now pick. No, don't come to me with these weak questions, Daisy. Nobody cares about OPS. <laughs> it's a flawed stat. Um, and the answer is over. <laughs> I'm taking the over as well. I think he's going to have a uh, a monster year. I, I I don't think we've seen the best of Ty France. Nope. And that's pretty wild considering the fact that he went 291, 368, 445 with 129 WRC plus and 18 home runs last year. And only struck out 16.5% of the time. Yes. Daisy never use OPS again. It's worthless. <sighs> uh, you're fun. Robbie Ray. Walks so per nine. 3.34. Uh, over. Uh, eh, I'm going to go under. Look at me. I'm Mr. Optimistic. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, like, he got it down to 242. I don't think he's going to replicate that. But 334, eh, I think that's a little bit extreme considering the, the changes that he made to his mechanics. He probably hovers around the three mark, but I don't think he's going to uh, border on three and a half, though. All right. I think that's a bit extreme. Um, Chris Flexen, uh, FIP of four five one. Ooh, so we 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 calling out the uh, significant regression for for Chris Flexen. I mean, that seems like something Ty would do. So, um, no, I feel I feel pretty comfortable with Flexen. Like I know what he is. He had a He's FIP a of three eight nine this year, by the way. Yeah, I think his FIP's probably going to be around four this year, uh, maybe maybe four point two. Um, I would expect some regression since the league has a book on him now, but I don't think it's going to be drastic because uh, you know Flexen's a pretty smart guy. He he was able to adapt uh, multiple times throughout the year. You know, sometimes he threw his curveball a lot. Sometimes he threw the changeup a lot. The cutter, like he he uh, he understands how to make adjustments. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like he's going to be a solid four two FIP guy. So I'll take the under. Yeah, I'll take uh I'll take a slight under. Um I do think there's gonna be regression. Um Ty hates Chris Flexen confirmed. <laughs> clearly, clearly. Uh but I uh yeah, I I, I I still think he's gonna be solid, you know. And um I, I, I agree with you. I think he's gonna be around that four two range. Um all right, Marco Gonzalez, hundred and eighty four innings pitched. Ooh. So he's uh, he's thrown over 184 once in his career. It was 203 in 2019. He was fully healthy. Obviously, this year he wasn't uh, healthy for the full season um, and just kind of overall, overall had a down year by his standards. Um, so what do you think? Is he going to be able to last in games longer and stay healthy this year? Uh, I'm going to take the under. Um mm-hmm. It's because 184 is he can't miss more than basically three or four starts. And I think that's a lot to ask of any any starting pitcher uh, in 2021. He could certainly do it. Um, he was on mm-hmm. pace to do it in uh, in 2020 as well. Um, and, you know, in 25 starts, he still ate 143 innings. So it, he, it's not 
it's not like he can't do it. Um, he's basically been on that pace every year for the last three years. It's just, uh, you know, again, it's a lot to ask for any starter not to miss three or four starts. And then even if he misses three, he still has to average six innings a start um, to get to 184. Like that's, that's a lot to ask. So I'll take the under. I would probably take the under for pretty much any pitcher, honestly, because I just think that's generally unfair to set those kind of expectations on, on anyone because there's just uh, naturally, you know, with pitchers and just the, the nature of baseball, things happen. You know, things yeah. get in the way of, of being being able to make all your starts. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm going to take the under. Uh, hopefully he gets to like, you know, the one sixty ish range. I think that would be, I, I think that would be great for the Mariners. Um, and great for him as well. Uh, you know, that's where he was in 2018. He was at one sixty six and two thirds. Um, if he can get to like that, that's great. That'd be, uh, that'd be fantastic. Um, all right. So couple, uh, the, the last two that we got here, uh, Adam Frazier batting average of two sixty four. Over. Ooh, all right. He, he makes Adam Frazier. He makes too much yeah. contact, like to to not hit. You know, two sixty, two seventy. He's only been under two sixty four once, by the way. That was twenty twenty, short yeah. season. Yeah, he had two thirty. We, we could throw out for a lot of reasons. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's at least two seventy. Um, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't strike out much. Like he he makes a ton of contacts. Like you said, like it's yeah. just he's naturally going to find some holes. He's gonna get mm-hmm. ton of singles, all that stuff. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say he like lands in the 280 range. Pretty yeah. firm, you know, 275, 280, yep. uh, somewhere in there. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's where where Adam Frazier is gonna be this year. Um. All right, and then Logan Gilbert, an ERA of four one seven. I'm going to take the under on this. I think Logan Gilbert's actually going to be really good this year. Ty thinks Logan Gilbert's going to win the Cy Young. Um, yep, you heard it here first. Uh, mm-hmm. da, 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 da. You're starting to get worse at that, by the way. It's it's because I'm you know hanging out with you so much. Um, I'll take the. Uh, take the under but i think that's pretty good like that's pretty fair um which seems insane to me is steamer projects you know uh steamer projects him to have a 1.8 f4 i will bet the over on that aggressively mm-hmm. yeah same i i think he's going to be in the three to four one range like i think he's going to be really good yeah um this year i mean he was worth 2.2 f4 this year <laughs> And like he really was only working with one pitch for most of the year, so yeah. And they they think that over a full season's worth of work, he's only going to be worth one point eight. Come on, that's uh, that's absolute nonsense, honestly. But um, but yeah, those are all the uh, the over unders uh, that Daisy Dingo put together. Uh, thank you so much, Daisy, and uh, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Mariners. For Colby Patnode, I'm Ty Dane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now make your second listen of the day 
Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and an insight from Lee Sterling. And just like us, their show is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day and uh, be sure to submit your trade proposals, your Mariners trade proposals for Fan Fiction Friday. We'll see you then. Peace.